Okay, I'm sorry. Explain this to me one more time. Okay, so it's... It's a cast, right? So it's going from two different places. But the way that we get in there is a pod through the middle. And it's... It's sort of like when you have an apple and you're casting with that and it's going from one end to the middle. But the difference is we're going on the outside of the apple into not a hate watch. Hi, it's Missy Information. Here as always with Alice. Hi, I'm Alice. That was, uh, of course, the metaphor, an apple with a worm going through it that was used to describe wormhole travel. Uh, at the beginning of uh, one of the episodes that I watched, was that, I believe it's a, was that the beginning of a matter of time or? I honestly don't remember. Do you remember? It's, I would believe you. I would I believe, believe you me. if you said it was. Okay, uh, so we watched the 2097 to 2007 second longest running sci-fi series in television history, which blew my mind when I learned that. Stargate. Wait, what, is it, what is it second to? The original BBC Doctor Who, which ran from oh, yeah, yeah, 63 to 89, of course. But it, it, yes. I was a little blown away that just at 10 years, even, that mm-hmm. a sci-fi show that's been on that long gets the second place. But then I'd start thinking about sci-fi shows. And yeah, a lot of them start to unravel and just sort of spin off toward the end. Because when you're building your world, there's only so much you can go before things become unhinged, which is kind of where I found the last season having not seen anything in between but we'll get there alice what was your experience going in through the start gate had you seen the movie had you what'd you know about the tv show okay so i have never seen the movie i think i might have seen like a minute of it on hbo like when i was a kid i definitely have watched the tv show before because it was a dorm room staple when I was in college. I always had a roommate who was watching it. It was always on. It was and and like I you know, it's it's kind of like a procedurally sci-fi case of the week show. And so you can you can jump in and out and there's very little backstory that you need to have for anything. And so I definitely have watched episodes of it. And I remember having specifically I remember having friends on Live Journal who I was friends for other reasons, but they were very into this show. And it was it was just kind of like one of those things that happened. It's like it's like if you were on Tumblr in the late to late two thousands, early twenty tens, and your friends on Tumblr were obsessed with Sherlock or or, or Supernatural, Doctor Who. Um, it was just like that. But 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 for me, it was that was Stargate. So I definitely watched it before. I didn't really remember much other than um, Quantum Leap guy is the main character. Ah, uh, MacGyver, Richard Dean Anderson. Oh no, yes. MacGyver, MacGyver, MacGyver is the is the main character. Yes. I'm not not Scott Bakula. Um, um, do you know what yeah. you could have fooled me? I'm like, oh yeah, sure, he was Quantum Leap as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'm similar to you. This was a staple for friends of mine, like from high school. I think probably don't junior high, high school into college. Uh, my brother was a big fan of it. A lot of my good friends were. It was never a show that hooked me in despite the fact that I sort of was into mythology vaguely but I just wasn't into this show and every time I watched it I was just sort of like why is this not why am I not interested in this maybe I didn't give a fair shake so part of this the whole going into this was let's let's now take some time away from it that it's not like my brother's thing it's not my friend's thing and of course it was suggested by my husband last week after our bluey episode he wanted us to uh to watch some Stargate SG-1 Alice, what are your thoughts on the show? 
I, I kind of liked it. Um, what I will say is I watched, I only watched two episodes. I watched an episode from the first season and then I watched A Matter of Time, which is the one that your husband recommended for us. Mm-hmm. But a- after A Matter of Time finished, it just auto started playing the next one. And I got about halfway through before I realized I was watching another one. And I think oh, like, like, oh, I'm watching more. Well, not not because I want to, just because it was on. It, it is like perfect background TV show, like zone out. Like in the same way that I feel like like a lot of people like will listen to a podcast and play a video game. I was I was playing Destiny and I was I was watching Star Stargate and kind of listening to Stargate, and it was it was all right. It like I thought both episodes I watched were fun. I definitely thought they had kind of the exact same dynamic, which is the girl is always right and she's always and no one listens to her but she's right um but yeah uh it was it was it was all right i i didn't i wouldn't say i hated it i didn't i didn't even say i disliked it i think i i don't know that i'm going to go back and watch more but if like let's let's say i were married to your husband for some reason yeah and he wanted to watch this all the time i think i'd be okay with it you did, you did a very good job of i think accurately portraying how i've taken it which is background uh, I, this is something where I think about it a lot of like board game days or Magic at the Gathering times. This would be the type of show that would be on the background, which is partly why, you know, when you're tuning in and out and you hear things like the go or you see a bunch of people dressed as like, you know, Vikings and you're like, oh, they're aliens too? Oh, okay, they're aliens. And you just sort of, you know, all of human history is, is aliens. It, it did sort of just, it, it, there was sort of a... a I think also the fact that the main characters, and this this is a military-based show. Yes. All of the personnel are military staff. They are all ranked people. You know, you have the science people, but they're all within that. I don't think I like military shows. I just mm. don't think I care That's enough fair. about these kind of personnel. Because I was thinking, th- this is, um, you know, we'll talk broadly about, you said, you know, it's a serialized thing. Um, because this show does incorporate elements of the, the, the original movie was by Roland Emmerich. Um, Kurt Russell and James Bader were in it, um, who played uh, versions of the role. Well, versions of the characters that were in this, they are the, technically the same characters. The, the events that happened in Stargate happened within the TV show. They just are recast for the TV show. Could, could, could have but, fooled me. Could have fooled me. Yeah. Um, but it was, you know, they basically get a hold of the Stargate and they're taken to another planet where. It is uh, Ra who they meet, and it's all Egyptian-based. It's all that theme, but it is, um, I believe it was played by the the um, actor that was in The Crying Game. Jay Davidson. Um, yes. Uh, Trans icon, Jay Davidson. Yes, and um, they um, really did a good job playing that character, but that's also, I remember, it was the vibe. I just remember the vibe of ancient aliens were Egyptians, and we got to stop them invading. And then to go to this show, where it's more about, okay, now it's the exploration, it becomes adventures in public domain. And that's sort of where I find the hinges of, well, what is the, the film that you're doing it? A similar-esque show in that way is Librarians, which is a show that I love, that my husband and I both love. And that's very much taking, like, legends and myth and everything from... Uh, from there and turning it into it, but the difference is there. Uh, it's a series of like people who guard uh, a library, but it literally has like uh, Merlin in the Knights. Sir Lancelot is one of the characters. Uh, jo- John Larincat plays Sir Lancelot uh, within that as well. So I- I'm bringing up the I have Arthur never because... heard of this show. I'm oh, it's quite it fun. 
Um, it was a I've series. Literally of TV never heard of this show. It's a series of TV movies starring Noah Wiley that then became a TV series, I believe, on TNT. Oh, yeah, I like but, it. Um, it's very, it's very fun. It is uh, whimsical. It's is very much. Um, episode of the week it's always the librarians and you know the case of the blank 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 yeah um but it is just like stuff where they might literally find like a holy grail or like one of them had stonehenge was like something they were doing so it was all these things where the sum of of human mythos and legend is real and stargate does that but it takes it from a very like space exploration military combat and i that's not my. I guess that's not my type of sci-fi. I, I. It's too grounded. I almost feel like is for for me to to kind of get into it. It's that there's always some sort of explanation for it, but it's not in a fun, sciencey way of Doctor Who, where there's whimsical and stuff. It's like no, these are people actually trying to have dialogue that explains in the most technical way possible using our actual science what these things are. And I just got bored. I mean, I will also say the two episodes I watched. I mean, I'm sure if you watch the movie, you get this, but there isn't a lot of the same, I think, tension of like, the, like there's the there's teak teal teak, um the 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 one gentleman who is who is an alien, but outside yes. of that, you don't really necessarily have like like on Star Trek, you have the the Klingons and the Romulans and the Ferengi, and you're running into them, and there's all this sort of. Uh, there's a little sort of like backstory around you that you exist in this living world. Whereas here it's like you are in this military bunker with this Stargate and they go through the Stargate and something cool happens or, or in, or they get, they, they open it up right next to a wormhole and they get, they get fucked. But um, there, there isn't as much of like the world around them. I feel it, it's very self-contained. So that is how the show starts. I can guarantee you, based off knowledge of the spin-off series, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, um, and later seasons of Stargate uh, uh, SG-1, they absolutely develop more into the canon. And in fact, the one that I saw brought back stuff that had to do with when they met, you know, Knights of the Round Table and at the Holy Grail. This was, I, I, so I watched, uh, since you didn't watch the thing season 10, I'll just briefly cover it. I skimmed through some episodes in season 10 because I simply realized there was too much canon for me to get. I just, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have to research to get all this. So I'll kind of just take it in. So I saw the, the season 10 opener, two-part opener, and I sort of jumped through parts of it, um, realizing that there were characters I recognized from later seasons, but they absolutely get into the different sort of like tensions between the Gould and people called the Ancients, which were the ones that came before the Gould. The Gould are the ones that brought the um, uh, the Stargate to Earth originally uh, into ancient Egypt, um, at least that one. But the the technology was developed by a race called the Ancients. I, this was stuff I was Wikipediaing while I was sort of watching a couple of the episodes uh, that I was to, to get a bit more knowledge into it. But they also, 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 I, I just want to say for it. I just want to say I love that Stargate was one of these like sci-fi movies in the '90s where the, where you only needed one idea like yep. it's, there's a Stargate there's a Stargate yep. like if mm -hmm. that was a movie today it would be like there's a Stargate there's an alien race and and really the main character's mother was from the alien race and the yeah. military operation is is owned by the 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 girl's father and 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 they have all this bullshit it was just like nope there's a Stargate people pop out. That's sort it's of Egypt. the stuff that I was, yeah, that's sort of the stuff that was going into it. Uh, there was a cliffhanger from a previous season where a character um, who's not in the first season's child might be Gaul'd, and was that mean? And Merlin, who is actually an alien, believes it means the child is the chosen one. So yeah, this is, this was a lot different than the episode that I saw 
where Richard Dean Anderson, um, in both episodes I saw, spent the entire episode being either sick or hurt and did oh, yes. squat. It was great. He's, I, he was I also got one. In distress. Yeah, I also got well, one. Oh, did we maybe get one of the same episodes? What was the season one? Let's start with uh, your season one episode first. I'll pull um, my two I don't. I believe it was episode that. eight. They go to this. They go to this other world where it's kind of like it's kind of like ancient Greek and and and. We did see this one. This okay. is, I believe, episode nine. Oh, continue. episode nine. Okay. Brief candle. Uh, yes, that's it. Yes. And and yeah, and and it's kind of like a bacchanal, but then it's revealed that the the people on this world only live for like thirty days, and um the MacGyver guy, the ma- the main character eats a marriage cake and thus is aging at like 10 years per day and go gets really really old over the course of the rest of the episode indeed it it is that's where again the first episode i saw and so getting into it um colonel o'neill is uh, richard Anson's character mm. um and so when i saw that they it opens and they walk right into it i'm like oh that's right this is full of uh going to other quote planets and being able to use like sets from other, you know, productions and things like that. Uh, I mean, I, I will say cheaply, cheaply ran out of Romans. It's not that cheap. But, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, they, they did, they could design with it. I was, I was going to say like the, 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 the set and the costumes, I don't I, like, yeah, they're probably on, they're probably on like the Paramount backlot or whatever, or the mm-hmm. MGM backlot or whatever. But at the same time, it was like, it was pretty intricate, like especially co- considering, like nowadays you would just film that all on green screen in like the, oh, the, the Unreal thing. It, I I was I this show actually kind of took me back. It being like four three, it being like shot with see me. I think it was shot with VHS. It looks like it was shot with VHS. Mm-hmm. It very and, much seems like VHS. That was and and, and and like it it very much reminded me of watching like like Xena or or Hercules or any of those like sort of like nineties shows, like. Because TV today looks so different, it really does. Yeah, that that was something I noticed throughout, and 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 part of my, I think part of the reason I never got into it is that video aesthetic, and that it it sort of has a bit of a flatness to it. Like the sets were like I I appreciated the practical aspect of it, but I also was very aware that they were on sets, and I think that partly is because we become so aware, used to a lot of on location shooting and or, and or green screen shooting that we don't necessarily get these places that have like full set design anymore. You know, in that that bunker that the you know that bunker set that they have and they're there for a bunch of the episode, uh but it's really well designed and and very much it, I mean, it's easy when you're building a set design off a thing that's in the present day, you know. And then when you go to the other worlds, then you can use sort of of the ancient history, you know, props and things mm-hmm. and costuming that you know of to, to furnish it out. But I can't make that much more for it. That's what Star Trek did in its, you know, original run. And style. you're even going into there. Like sci- sci-fi exploring tropes of where human culture comes from is always in there. So I'm not trying to knock it and say, oh, that as a whole thing is 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 dumb. It just is always like, how do you end up implementing it? And this sure. was the part for me where I realized, oh, I forgot. It gets all sort of of muddled with the different colonizing and the Stargates and w- which aliens have been to which worlds and what have they told the people there. But yes, for this one, 30 days, like a, it was a truncated Logan shred, like really just uh, in there. And it had to do with, uh, there's a command that they don't leave, uh, they, they are the 
the selected was it the chosen the selected something like that um, yeah so they had been they they were test subjects for some evil scientists who had left them there and left and left a bunch of like laws for them which were basically just don't leave mm-hmm. don't don't mess with the statue and, and and so on yeah and it was like polyps or something polyps it was like it was, it was a name of a greek god that i was hearing it and i realized i don't know how this is spelled but i've i'm sure it's with like a pet or something um and um it was interesting because they basically are there yeah you're right he gets the they realize that he has eaten something and he they all like go to sleep at the end of the day and then they're all sort of risen but it's like a group sleep and uh richard dean anderson is affected by that group sleep they uh, later discover that it's the nanobots, but he also starts aging. So it's a really great chance for Richard Dean Anderson to play like slightly caricaturic old man, uh, mm-hmm. and for them to get like to use some of their old old man makeup and stuff. And it it, it was funny to me because when I learned that the writers of this show had met while working on the Outer Limits together, hmm. the setup of these earlier seasons and sort of the insular storytelling thing i realized oh these are like like outer limits twilight zone twist plot stuff so this one it's oh you know the twist is is that they think they're in paradise but they only live 30 days and so what is richard anderson's character ranting about he basically tells them i we have people who live in our planet maybe to be a hundred years old like well how many days is that well a year is is 365 days and like that's that's impossible like what what does this mean you know and and, and it's just blowing their mind and becomes cynical about it as he's aging against their youth and everything and he's struggling with his mortality and how to learn to love and meanwhile everything else in the stargate world is just them like techno babble dumping uh, just to get to the point of nanobots and we got to reverse them that's everything else that's going on to get that they're trying to get set up in there but but like like i said it, it is it is very much and this was the, in the in the two episodes that was i'm sure they, i'm sure they focused the other characters in other episodes but the the lady crew member who is kind of like a scientist she's mm. the one who actually figures it out but then the the bald like general dude who's who's kind of there he he's he's there to say no it's not no we can't do this we have we have to we have to leave him there we have to we got to close the stargate we're, we're not yep. doing it and then she's and she goes no no i can actually fix it and then she fixes it yeah dr carter um uh, played by amanda tapping um it, it seems to me in the episodes that i've watched as well tends to be the the optimist science in the sense of she, yeah she the ones that she just helped discover i'm sure everyone is is doing their help within this part of the reason it's very much an ensemble show um, which I learned was Richard Dean Anderson's doing in that he was approached first to be, you know, the lead of it all. And mm-hmm. he said that he would agree to do it, but he just wanted to make sure that it was something where it was a group thing so that, one, he just didn't want to have to deal with leading, you know, every single episode like he did with MacGyver. Um, but, two, he just was more interested in doing something that had a little humor bent or a little lightness to it as well. So he didn't want to be, like, the heavy where he had to be the straight person to everyone else's side character. Um, and that I, you can kind of see that in this where they give him moments to act in there as well, but there's moments where we completely are outside of his story, out of his focus and making sure we get the, the story of the characters that are coming in the same, you know, they don't just come in as a deus ex machina, literally at the end with the Greek thing. It is something where we're following their effort and yeah, she's, she's a smart I also, I also very much like the, um, the medical doctor who is like in the infirmary. She she was cute. 
Oh, yes, I did, I did not catch that character's name, um, but she pops in a few as well. Uh, yeah, well, and she's there because um, they, they're working on the nanites, and at a certain point, uh, the rubber gloves they're working on start deteriorating on uh, on her hands, and they okay. pull it out in time. But they realize that the, nanite, uh, the nanites are aging everything, and that's when they have to go back and realize that we just need to... <laughs> Literally, just took, like, what was some old audio equipment that they had in the back room and just slapped, you know, some labels on it, like, this is our little frequency tuner boop 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 and then shot like amplified an actual satellite frequency that put a tone that just reversed the polarity on the nanobytes and made it so that they could all leave oh and the reason they realized that is because richard dean anderson's character and his the 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 person that gave him the love food you know essentially, the marriage cake yes oh uh, yeah the marriage cake um go outside of the barrier for the first time and they don't fall asleep so he realizes oh, something in the range of this place is keeping them in it, and we can leave now. What was it? He had them knock over the statue in a moment of like, ah, your youth is, you know, your, your age is being taken from you. And that was a the transmitter that was sending the signal to age everyone. So they then take the broken tech, remove the base from it, um, which, of course, has got old technology, uh, and reverse the polarity, and, and everything's fine on there. That to me, the the whole, oh, you're not supposed to age everything. Again, that really felt like they started there and then worked everything backwards from it, um, which is that sort of outer limits like, okay, what's our story twist going to be? And then we go from there. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to have an interesting thing. You have to have variety, I think, also that you don't want to make mm -hmm. sure... You don't want to have every episode be they're stuck in the base or something. You want it, you want them to go to other worlds. You want them to do things. Oh yeah, exactly. And that's you know, and that's where it's interesting to me that these ones start as more of insular storytelling, and then they start start to expand the lore. Which you know, of course, with every TV show and stuff. But to get to the point where they're yeah, all of these it's it's Star Trek level of canon for the races and everything in there. Um, I'll talk about the other episode from season one that I watched, which is called solitudes and this one is set where at the beginning of the episode um both talik and uh george hammond who is uh sort of the nerd uh, uh scientist mm -hmm. um he they're both expelled from a stargate and both uh, o'neill and samantha carter dr carter are not there so they're trying to figure out on Earth, did they get vaporized? Did they get to the other side? What's happening? Meanwhile, we cut to them, and they're in an ice cavern with a, like, half-buried Stargate there. Wait, 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 like, wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. Is this the ice cavern that the minions were stuck in for, like, 100 years? Well, let's put a thumbnail on that. Okay. Uh, a push, a push, push tech on that. So uh, they are in this ice cavern, and he's hurt. So again, Richard Dean Anderson, the colonel, is the is the distress person because he's internally being broke his ribs. I wonder, so I wonder if that was in his contract is, that he just gets to sit down in every episode. That's what I think he maybe meant when he said, I didn't want to be the lead of this, is that can I just sit for a few episodes and like just chill for a bit? Like I'm, I can't MacGyver this anymore. I'm not, I can't solve a Stargate with a paperclip and some band. That's what we have Dr. Carter for. So she is, she is realizing on her end that what basically must have happened was Whatever Stargate they were going to, because it's a one-way signal, they shot it 
and it bounced off there and came back because there was an energy surge of some sort. You find out that basically the Stargate on the other end has some sort of automatic defense turret set up and because they send a probe over it, so it starts firing. So the general guy, who's also the general in Twin Peaks, um, uh, shuts uh, the gate up. And so they're like, but we're, what's happening over there? It's like, we this rescue's off. We can't do anything. So they're all trying to figure out, okay, well, where are they? What's going on? Um, Dr. Carter realizes that it's almost, she says, like a lightning bolt. They basically got shot off to another Stargate. So the energy had to go somewhere. So they're on another Stargate somewhere. And it has to be somewhere near Earth because it would just go somewhere near it. On the other end, on Earth, they're figuring that out as well. So they then narrow the search line to like, okay, we're going to only probe Stargates that are within, say, this, this little pie wedge of, of Stargates that are near the one that they're going to. They are digging on the ice planet to basically find their control panel because each Stargate has some a, a control panel. They have a name for it. Um, and uh, they are digging for it, digging for it, but they realize they don't have coordinates so they can't get back to Earth because there's naturally like a million different combinations. But they're like, well, if the gate can get on and active, they'll be maybe be able to find us and stuff. They dig it up. They're not able to work. Uh, the colonel is getting weaker. Um, so he says, you need to go and get out and you need to like save yourself. Now they're on Earth. They have searched the different planets that are on the path. They can't find it. It's not, it's not any of the places that it should be. So they have to choose either to widen the search, give up to the fact that they maybe got vaporized in the wormhole, who knows, but they insist that the energy, there are other stargates that had to go somewhere. Dr. Carter is climbing up on the ice. She is getting up there. In the, there, in the, the um, science, uh, Hammond is doing his calculations and he's realizing, wait a minute, there's one place on this pathway that we haven't looked yet and doctor and the doctor is climbing up she gets to the top and she looks around and all she sees is she sees something in her mind you know we kind of see her vision then it cuts back and like well what planet have we not checked what's the one planet that has a stargate on it that we haven't looked at earth this stargate wasn't originally here on earth this was brought to from another planet could there be another Stargate that was originally here that someone put? And this, you know, the Egypt one isn't the only Stargate. And like, that's absolutely possible. We would need to know and figure it out. Like, well, wait a minute. When we first moved this Stargate, like there's seismic activity. Like, we, you know, he's like, well, yeah, we put in the dampeners to help dampen it down so it doesn't, you know, wreck the mountain. It's like, but the other Stargate wouldn't have that. They're like, oh, check all seismic activity. We got to figure out where it's at. So she climbs to the top. She gets out and she sees ice everywhere. So she goes down defeated and says, it's an ice planet. We're on an ice planet. I'm sorry, you know. So she goes down and basically like cuddles up next to him to sort of just help and pray. Meanwhile, they are realizing they're in Antarctica. So they got transported to a buried Stargate in Antarctica and they're near uh, like 50 miles from a military base. So just, of course, when oh, they're starting to pass out and get cold, they wake up and oh, they've been rescued by a team that got in there. So they were saved. And yes, the twist was they were on Earth the whole time. It was not an ice planet. It was Earth all along, um, which honestly, it got me in the end. I'm like, OK, that's pretty good. That is it's a nice I can cynically say, yeah, it's like one of those twists and everything. But I did like the fact that I didn't know what planet they were on until I got, like, I didn't get, I wasn't ahead of the game. Like, it's easy afterwards to say, oh, okay, easy magic trick. 
but you still pulled the trick off. So I can't be that. I I can't like do that. So yeah, it, but it was very interesting. But again, just another serialized episode where we're not we're still exploring. We're not building canon yet up into this. It, it is truly just another serialized episode of the week. But it was a fun one. It was it was it was fun. I cut it down from like forty five minutes to thirty minutes, and I think I'd be happier. I think it's just more of there's so much drag in these episodes and time for me to start just like thinking about what they're saying. And I think if I was thinking less about what they were saying, I would like it more. Um, I don't know that I agree only because I think if it was, I think if it was a 30 minute show, which is to say like a 22 minute show, you would have to introduce the, 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 the twist pretty much, like very very quickly in order to in order to have the there be like a trial and then they solve it and so I re- I just don't I, I I don't know that that this format would be satisfying in that I I get what you're saying I will say and that's why I don't think it's for me yeah that that's why I come to the conclusion at the end like I would eat it either shorter where it probably wouldn't work but longer it just doesn't work for me either I I will I will just say. You sounded riveted when you described that that episode. That is a much more in depth episode than I would the the description that I could give for either of the episodes I watched. Well, because yeah, because I had a lot of time to focus on it. One, like there was this. I, I told you everything that happened. Like that is the thing. But because yes, it had a nice. I liked that episode much more than the first one, and honestly, kind of maybe as much as the second one which we'll get into uh from the second season uh the specific episode that our uh, my husband told us to watch which is a fan favorite a matter of time uh, th- i i did feel like these were satisfying but neither one of them made me want to watch more and maybe we can we'll explore a little bit more and figure out why but i i feel like it mainly is just yeah just the military aspect doesn't hook me I, I think i just don't care enough about these specific characters you know for that reason now Let's talk, since I just gave that app subscription, Alice, why don't you set up a matter of time for us, and where do we start off in this illustrious episode? I believe we start off with a bunch of people running in slow motion, and it's revealed that this is SG-10, which is another team, and it lost me a little bit there. They opened the Stargate, and it was on a planet right next to a newly formed black hole, I believe. And yes. as a result, the on the planet, the time there was significant time dilation, but it was somehow seeping into the lab where the Stargate was, where um, things that would take five minutes for them would be like a, a full twenty four hours outside. Um, and then, and then over the course of the episode, it gets worse, and and they're worried that. Like they were gonna just close the Stargate, I believe, but the the fear was that if they didn't take care of the the issue, they like it would it would just destroy the Earth, and so they have to actually do something with a bomb. And there's there's some stuff with there's some stuff with um the main character and another guy. They were talking about being in Iraq prison. Was it? Was yeah. It, was okay. This, that was a swear. Is this we desert can't, we can't get there. We can't get there. We can't get there yet. We can't jump right to Iraq. Okay. That's. You're no, but you're right. You're right. Everything you said is the good. Yeah, I, I picked it up. The, I wasn't sure the origin of the black hole either. I don't know if it was just they got to the planet, realized there was a black hole, but by the time they could realize and turn around, it had or mm-hmm. like if this had been minutes, a week, uh, what? I, that was the only aspect. Of it. I just know that the, we they were checking in with the probe, and it looked like it was images being uploaded like a still at a time. 
So they kept asking, why are we only getting still pictures? What's wrong? Is the, the droid malfunctioning? And the colonel's like, Richard Dean, Tom, uh, Richard Dean Thomas, Richard Dean Anderson was like, no, uh, th this, this equipment isn't malfunctioning. Something's wrong. We're seeing this live feed. And that's where they realize, oh, there's a time dilation. And the wormhole is, is open at this point, and they try and get them back. Mm -hmm. And then, as you said, the, the gravity starts leaking, and you, uh, everything's in there. It, I like time wobbledy gobbledy stuff. I really enjoyed the conceit of this episode, and I think it, for the most part, went off pretty well. I, the part where you talked about the dynamic between the colonel and the other military Guy. officer who yeah. goes in was very much a swerve within this episode. But just the storyline of, okay, we're getting into now sort of Inception-level layers of time is moving at different paces. Obviously, in the movie Inception, it's because we're in a dream world, but this is just due to the gravity. Like, well, it's just so science, it's gravity. This is exactly also just, like, the middle act of, of Interstellar. Like, it's literally the exact same thing. There's a planet with time dilation, and they go down, and then when the, by the time they get back up, it's been 30 years. And this episode kind of just reminded me of that, but... I didn't like it as much because I didn't feel like there were the same emotional stakes for the characters with regard to like the time dilation. Um, I think Interstellar's like that's probably it's one of my favorite movies, and specifically because of that part. Um, the way they the way they 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 um, use the idea of time dilation to affect a family, I think is just is just incredible and and is super moving. And so I think. Because it was just like almost exactly one to one the same plot, I I, I I unfortunately felt like this episode suffered in comparison. I didn't get the comparison to Inception just now until I was talking about it, and mm -hmm. I I wouldn't necessarily I'm not ranking it down, but it was because obviously Inception came afterwards. But it's just like oh yeah, I guess there have been other versions of this story that's been told just in the layering of of time and on that of there. Uh, yep. I remember that happening in Interstellar. I did not like Interstellar, so I sort of just. It, it, I, yeah, we don't. This is not a not a hate watch Interstellar episodes. So we're not going to get into that. But um, I just had forgotten. I'm like, oh yeah, that is a part of that that whole thing with Matt Damon and uh, an exploration and all that on there. Um, but instead of giant tidal waves on the planet Interstellar, these are gravitational waves, and they get one of the expedition people out, and they realize that that sort of then stems into a no man left behind situation which is the interior part of the plot which we'll say it, it involves the other colonel i believe that there are two colonels but we'll just say the colonel and the other colonel uh richard dean anson's character exp <laughs> explains that he was apparently a prisoner of war in iraq so it would have been during the desert war and that the other person left him behind because they did it was too risky to get him and so they're screaming and hanging a screaming match about what happened to No Man Left Behind. And the other colonel says, isn't that what we're doing to this team here right now that's left on there? It's like, this is an entirely different situation. And they're like, how is it at all? And so that makes uh, them both sort of double down on staying and helping drop the bomb, which again, how do we solve uh, a time warp gravity dilation you just explode it back you know, explode it back at the right angle and distance to it where the explosion just says no and sends sends the wave and closes the gate um that's the sort of stuff where i'm like okay yes this might as well just be magic um but they 
I didn't understand the, in the the point of bringing in the colonel because he basically was like, Richard Anderson kept being like, well, what do you want me to do? Like, forgive you. And the guy's like, actually, yeah, I kind of do want, that's literally all I want for you to do. And he won't do it. Uh, but then the other guy sacrifices himself in the end, inadvertently, in order to make sure the bomb gets set in the right distance. And I thought, oh, this is going to be that he goes to the other side of it, and they end up rescuing everyone in a sort of time thing afterwards. Oh, no, they're just dead. Uh, the other, the people in the team who didn't make it, they're all dead. And I'm like, oh, okay, this show will have a body count. It isn't, you know, where everyone's going to get rescued all the time uh, situation. But it was, it, it was interesting I, I'd be curious if that storyline effect comes in later with with his character and his military background and history. I know one detail that comes back. We won't talk about it just yet. But my husband told me something about one of the Stargate movies about his character and why he left the military, and it was wild. But let's finish talking about a matter of time. What other thoughts did you have on the episode? Um, I thought it was. I thought I was. I remember thinking that it's kind of wild that. They know that inside the base is going is 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 progressing much, like um like time is time is passing much more quickly than outside, and they're just kind of okay with it. So like yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's some details. They it's they they play it for this show does have a very light sense of humor because in fact oh, yeah. they play it off for jokes the time dilation at first because the general is ordered to come up by the president so he doesn't want to leave, but they said we're gonna go so then he leaves and then like say within. 10 minutes time down, whatever it is. He's basically right back. And he's like, I've just been with the president. And we've been meeting overnight and we did this and then in the mm-hmm. morning. And they're like, wait, it's been what? 10 minutes. It's like, yep, it's been one day outside and it's been what? 10 minutes, whatever it is, you know, amount of yeah. time down there. And even the details of where Dr. Shepard has, she says, I have to go to an upper level to do research. And so she just starts going up there because there's more time. So mm-hmm. she can spend like, you know, say it was like a week or something to do calculations and then comes back down and it's been, you you know, oh, a few minutes, and these <laughs> Richard and Nancy and the other colonel have just been basically hashing things out, and they're like, "We have weeks of calculation or a week of calculations. We're ready to go. We have a bomb all ready to drop here and stuff." Um, and 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 the to- total time that's elapsed two weeks. It's been two weeks uh, since uh, in real time that it happened, not thirty years, thank goodness. Um, but I do like the fact that they also it wasn't uh, oh, and everything gets reversed back to where it was. I I thought going into this, this was going to be a time loop story. Because a matter mm. of time just made me think, oh, we're yeah. going to get like a time lock episode or whatever. Mm-hmm. I am very glad this was not it. I enjoyed this a lot more than what my expectation for it was. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just simply because it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I, I have... they. So your husband and I talked about this last in the last episode. There is a time loop episode, and I remember that one because it was a, it's another fan favorite. But that's just because they realize they're in a time loop and they do a bunch of wacky shit, like because there's no consequences because their day keeps repeating. So oh, so it's a Groundhog's Day kind. That they yeah, should yeah, be more yeah. a Groundhog's Day than like a serious. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's great. And and so and so it's, it's fun because you get to see the characters let loose. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I I I think like I said, the the thing within the thing with Interstellar is. It's, it's rooted in this character who is like a father and a family and like father with kids. Whereas this is just like, yeah, these are just some like military dudes and I'm sorry that they that, that they got stuck, you know. But yeah. even even like even the, the fact that it was only like two weeks isn't like it, it isn't you could you if you if I fell asleep and I woke up two weeks later, I think I'd be okay with it. Yeah, it's what. I think in this case too, it's because it's 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 always the the rough issue when you have the serialized show, and mm-hmm. that you know everyone's coming out of it at the end of the episode. Batman and Robin always 
get the villain in the end. You know, the team isn't going to have it. Or if it's, there's going to look like the consequences are dire. It's a two-part episode. And then the second part, we get out of the muck that we got into in the first part. Um, you know, and that's, that again, that can be as cynically applied to any TV show that you don't like and just say, well, that's all that it is. Um, but in this case, you know, those things do a bit matter more where a movie like Interstellar can deal with the emotional impact of it all, where this just more of deals with the the plot, the story elements of it, the the yeah. situational. And this point, there were some comedy to it, but it is just more about the situation in of itself and, mm-hmm. and how our characters that we see every week, we're just inserting them into this trope of a story here. Sure. Okay, so here's my question. The the other team that gets lost is, is named SG-10, right? Mm-hmm. That implies that there's at least 10 Stargate, like, military teams in operation at any given time. Do you think they all are going to the brink of extreme death and then and then pulling themselves back out with ingenuity at the last second like 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 the the SG1 team does do you think they're all like that or do you think do you think SG1 is just like they they just don't follow the rules and they end up in these situations they just get so unlucky every gate they go through yeah how many of these gates well i mean we know they do talk about like information they've gained so that yeah it is one of those things where in the background we know there are missions that aren't all like the most you know thing the worst weird thing but when now that you mentioned it i believe i did the numbers there are 215 episodes of the show so that's at least 215 missions that nearly all go tits up at some point or another that end up in life or universe or earth ending situations and you would wonder at which point like it seems like every episode they're like oh threat of like the program getting shut down because of something that's happening or whatever well i think at the beginning of the series it starts because uh the program had been shut down so basically they said you you know, they basically said, oh, after the events of the movie, you know, it's been three or four years, nothing's happened. And then people come through the gate at the top of some ghoul come through at the top and like attack some people there. That's how the, you know, the TV series starts again. Um, yeah. It, I, it, well, I mean, we know there are also other teams simply by the fact that there are spinoffs, you know, Stargate Atlantis deals with them with the precursor ancient civilizations and uh, discovering that, you know, Atlantis was, I believe, a city that was a like either it was a starship or was put into the stars. It basically is like, you know, or a time out of place, but yeah, they basically established a base on there. Uh, and which I was also reminded that that was like the first show Jason Momoa was on. I saw him in the credits. I'm like, Oh wow. Oh, he, that's, I forgot. That's what he was in before game of Thrones. Like he just was, that's yeah. I think playing one of the Gould or, or something like that, or maybe even Atlantean, uh, one of the race from it. But yeah, the, the, this, this, it is, I, I still am just shocked this is the second longest running TV show. I'm not that shocked, but it just seems like something else would have come and taken this place by now, especially because it's been over for, wow, not 15 years, you know, ended in 2007. I don't know when the TV movies were, um, but, you know, it's been about 15 years and oh. there hasn't been another sci-fi show that's been able to last that long. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I do think I do think there is something to it being case of the week for most of the time and not having to build mm-hmm. up all this story. Like, look, look, I think the show is probably also pretty cheap to make. Um, I'm yes. guessing they shot in Canada and so they could they just did. keep turning them out. But at the same time, like it, I don't know, like you don't see shows like this anymore. Like, like that there are very, very few, like there are very few shows that are case of the week with very little like ongoing story or, or lore that's building up and needs to be addressed in mm-hmm. the same way. And I think I really do think there's an opportunity for a show like this to, to exist again. But I also think because the expectations for shows like prestige TV ruined the, the, the format for this yeah, show. Yeah, Exactly. 
And so, well, just even streaming too. Streaming won't be willing to put as much risk into medium-sized stuff because they don't get the clicks or the hits or the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they need. It, yeah, and and also just the technology, like the amount of budget that you're getting for stuff back then for practical was easier when everyone was working and doing practical. So like each studio had teams doing this work all the time. And now that's become specialty work or on bigger, you know, if you're on a bigger budget thing, you can afford practical sets and stuff like that. But otherwise you're going to be going in the mid range and doing, you know, green screening or, you know, on location, which, you know, don't have a lot of on location for some of this advanced you know stuff. Although, how much of this of this these sceneries and outside stuff is them simply just filming? You know, in the forests of Canada somewhere. I like even the ice fields. They I looked it up and they they shot like the ex- what little exterior stuff they had and you know just some ice sheets up in in Canada. Um, you know, so- I, will, I will say though, I will say I did appreciate in the in the first episode, the the brief candle episode that. The setting, like, I feel like in all of these shows, it's always like we're we're in a, we're in a foreign world, and it looks just like a park or a quarry right next to where they yes. filmed the show. Yeah. And it always looks exactly the same. At least with the with the the sort of like um, fake Greek Greek setting and the paradise setting, you got you got some color, which I which again I appreciated that. Oh yes, yeah. It it, it was. It's not uh, my dislike of the show. is just not loving it. That's more of like I don't think this is a bad made show. I don't think these are bad scripts. It, I, I watched this and I wish I liked it more. Like as we talked about, I got excited recounting it, but I got more excited recounting it than I did watch. Like I was constantly looking at the clock when I was watching it and waiting for it kind of get over. And then it was like, oh okay, there's some neat things in here, but then it would just scenes would drag on and I'd be like, yeah, okay, okay. Like maybe I have just been badly trained by modern TV and editing has gotten quicker. And so a show like this, even though it's, you know, uh, you know, 1997, so that would have been uh, 26 years ago, would have been when the first episode aired. And our pacings and intentions are different. Like the style of shows we do have changed. So this does feel a bit of, of from an era now, weirdly, even though it's <laughs> contemporary to me. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think, like I said, it felt like like going home, or or or, or it, it felt like a throwback in a way that I found I found very nostalgic and comforting. Yeah, right. I I realized I was more familiar with these characters than I I hadn't forgotten them as much as I had, you know. But mm-hmm. then I also remembered, well, there isn't there also isn't a lot <laughs> to get in there. But uh, so I will reveal the one bit of information that Alex gave me. Um, before we do wrap it up on here, which was just that they really get into the colonel's background and that the reason he left the military is that his, uh, like, eight-year-old son accidentally picked up his rifle and, and shot himself. And so he just had to, like, just remove himself from it at that point, which I was like, Jesus Christ, this show! Like, what range does it take from where we started in 97 to, like, that's where we're ending and that's, like, the messaging we're getting in there. Like, my God, this show really does go... Like the full gamut. Yeah, and I, I I remember this show was really popular. I, like it, it, I remember it, be, it doing really well for a cable show, especially. And I think yeah. that's also part of for partially Showtime. why it, yeah, why why it lasted so long. But but yeah, I guess that's uh, you could have you could have given me you could have given me like a hundred guesses. I don't think I would have guessed. Yeah, his kid shot himself. No. Oh yeah. No way. You know, um, as you said, I, I think the longevity probably had to do a lot with like Doctor Who as well. There's simply the fact that it was easy enough to make when your lore can incorporate aesthetics from different productions or stuff that is easy to make because 
people have made it for other things before. And, yeah, and, and, and two thirds of the episode are in that in that bunker with the Sargate. So, yep, that was the other guy's going to say. And also, you're always back to that base. You know, you're always going to come here. You can shoot a bottle episode if you need. That spends a lot of time in it. You know, a matter of time is mostly set in that bunker you know it's it really we don't go out of that bunker very often there's one shot where you can tell it's outside because it's a bit of shaky cam where it's just them at some tents but then otherwise it's various levels of the interior of the bunker set and i didn't really think that much about it until we talked about it now like it, you don't necessarily need to do all those kinds of things to have a you know an episode that is watchable mm-hmm. so here's what i here's here's my here's my thought i bet if you were in the room when your husband watches this, or if you were watching it while not focusing on it a hundred percent, I think if you if you if you were exposed to it enough, you'd get really into it. That's that's my theory. I think if yeah, I think if we watched it and I had someone to talk with it in the moment to get those stupid stupid little joke thoughts out of my head, acknowledge what little you know the weirdest like laugh about the fact that yes king arthur is some sort of ancient you know space thing and we can you know teehee about it but i think it was and also i was watching this at work with no work to do you know so it was one of those things too where i i had all the attention to focus on it so it truly mm-hmm. was something where i was i was watch watching this and had the time to just pick it apart and really overthink it. And and you're right. If this had been on background, I probably would. This is a it's good background TV. You said it towards yes. the beginning episode, and I think that's the conclusion I'm coming to at the end. It's on there. And who knows? Maybe me talking about this, Alex will get in his brain, and he'll say, okay, time for our not a hate watch of the entire series, and I'll be giving an update like you with the morning show about how I'm now on season, you know, whatever of it is. Hopefully not. Hopefully, I pray Alice, I pray you are not on season 10 of the morning show. I hope it is that is buried and gone well before you have to get to that point. Morning show season three is coming back soon. It's coming back soon. They haven't announced a release date, but they're leaking. They're 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 releasing episode photos. So we're back, baby. Oh my god. Let's let's pick the next step. Okay. Uh why don't you pick something for me that you want to do? I feel like I feel like this one was a little pulling teeth. Let's try to pick one that we're both excited about. This would be real fun for me, um, but it'd be more TV. I, I my eyes just went immediately to "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" because okay. I would enjoy rewatching that. But I don't know if we want to take a break from TV to do. Here's like here's what I'll say. Movie. I think like about two hours is my limit for TV. So as long as we figure out a way that we're watching about two hours. Oh, yeah, that's easy enough because these are 22-minute episodes, so we can definitely fit a few. And what I might do is curate a sort of best of like Alex did with Bluey and can pick you up. Because, again, you don't have to see all the episodes of this, and there's some from the earlier season. Like Parks and Rec. Famously, famously, the one time I tried to watch it, they dropped dropped the word faggot in the first, like, three minutes of the show and i was like nope i'm done What's your, wait what episode was that was that an i don't know it was they, they were talking in the bar and caitlin olsen's character said you know he's such a faggot or something and oh I was just yeah like, that and i was just like it was season one which was really rough and i was just like it, yeah I, I know i know i know i'm supposed to know that they're bad people and we're making fun of them but i also don't need to hear people like cis straight people say this they say these words out loud yeah the first season truly was oh they're terrible people but it had some of the most like outland it's some of the most outlandish like real funny sitcom premises but the characters 
the characters almost had too much edge where you're like, oh, these are nasty people versus later on where they become almost like harebrained schemes of like, they just have no like impulse control and that's why they're terrible versus like, oh, these are just like nasty, like, you know, homophobic, racist people, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, let's do that. So I'm going to leave it in. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about this one because people love this show and I don't know that I'm going to jive with it. Although I, I will say I did. I do, I do watch mythic quest, which is like the same people for like many of the same people from it's always sunny and it, 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 are, are behind that. And I do like that show quite a bit, but I, I think I, I think I hit a point a, a while ago where I just got sick of seeing people like bad people do bad things as a way to laugh at them because it meant that I was just watching bad people do bad things. But um, I'm going to, you know, it's not a hate watch. I'm going to go into it with an open mind. I would love to love this show because it's, it's again, it seems very beloved. Like I know a lot of people who are really into it, but I'm, I'm nervous. That's fine. I, this is a show that I, I too, like you, have a, a lower threshold for comedy that is cruel, whatever. This is the one exception to that rule. And I think it's just because I find everyone on that show absurd, hilarious to uh, to any time where they are offensive. It is to an extreme where it's not the fact that they're literally saying stuff that is unstable or offensive, but it's just how completely maladjusted or like off the characters thinking are. So it's... It's different than me than the, it's different cringe comedy to me than say The Office because The Office is almost too realistic. It's always sunny is almost so cartoony to me that is it's not realistic at all in the way that it portrays stuff. Um, even though these you can sort of believe that these people might exist, it almost becomes like normal people doing Looney Tunes level of plotting and scheming for things. But you will see again. I will make a curated list. Uh, hopefully, I won't pick anything that is super offensive within there. I mean, there will be offensive stuff in it because well, look, look, I, it's, I, it's, I, a, I, it's a Seinfeld, I, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I know that that's what the show is. Mm-hmm. I think it is just, I'm going to want to make sure that I'm in the right mindset going into it. There like, we go. I like I I want to laugh. I like comedy. I love comedy. Uh, I, I love funny. laughing. Despite what, despite what you might think of me being like a woke prude or whatever, I, I do enjoy <laughs> comedy quite a bit. Oh, I know. I am well aware of. I, I, I know you are not a comedy. Uh, what would be the, you're not a comedy rejecter, but you are a comedy connoisseur, and so yes, of course, we have to have it on there. But we'll we'll get there. We'll uh, Danny DeVito. I mean, it's Danny DeVito. We, we got to get into seasons. I think you got to get the seasons where he's on there. And, and the, the one episode we won't go into that you described to me, um, that sort of turned you off. I'm like, I believe that's a season one episode. And much like Parks and Rec or season one of The Office, uh, the show has a has just a different tone when it starts out with. And, and once you get Danny DeVito's character in there, it starts to, boy, does it fly. And it flies off the handle every episode. And it's great. I I loved that he was on that show. I loved that it seemed like he was just having fun. It it, it made no sense career wise for him. I guess he I guess he wasn't getting a lot of movie work anyway. But um, uh, the only reason that he did is that he liked the show, and they basically said you're not going to be season two unless you get a guest star. So Danny came in and helped them produce it. So it's one of things mm. he wanted the show to exist. He wanted it to do well. So he yeah he had no reason to join it. The only reason he wanted to join it is that he wanted to make it. And so and what's funny is. Uh, 
I might even show you that episode where Frank's character gets introduced, um, partly because the way they bring him into the show is his character coming in to like sort of now everything's going to kind of revolve around me coming in here. And they even just sort of play off the trope. You, yeah, I think that'd be a good one on there. So we'll, we'll get some picked for you. We'll get it. We'll curate it. We'll get a, a hate, a not a hate watch list for you. Yeah. But we don't want to miss our Stargate out of here. So we got to get those coordinates styled and get back to our own planet and get out of this podcast. Because Alice... As we say at the end of every episode. I'm really surprised the movie didn't end with the world getting destroyed. Because what was Roland Emmerich doing if he wasn't destroying the world? Like, that's his whole thing. Like, come on, man. That Stargate could have, like, you know, fallen onto a skyscraper or something. 90, 90s movie. He can only have one thing. The Stargate is the only thing. It's like, it's like Stargate. It's like Cube. It's like Event Horizon. They get one thing.